everyone, and welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Kara. Kara's back again. If you missed it, she was a special guest host last week, and she's still here because Ashley is still out. But we miss her and love her, and she'll be back next week, hopefully. Wait, does that mean I'm out? You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) I'll start my own podcast. Okay. Okay, not really, though. (laughs) That's too much work. You guys put in a lot of work for this, and I could never do that. <laughs> so I'll just sneak by over sometime and be like, hey, guys. No, oh, yeah. I'm here for the podcast. I love it. You live down the street. It's fine. Just show up. It's a slumber party. Woohoo. I'll just be like, hey, I brought the Zima. <laughs> well, you're still in the 90s, so yeah, Zima works. It works. Since you're um, an expert on this podcast, can you explain what we do? I've only been here once. And you're an expert now. Oh, I'm an expert? Okay. So welcome (laughs) to the podcast where we watch romantic comedies in chronological order. And I didn't just read that, guys. (laughs) Directly, verbatim. That is amazing. (laughs) We're still in 1998. Yes. Which is a year after the Spice World movie came out. I checked today. (laughs) Because I was hoping you were going to surprise me and be like, oh my god, we're watching Spice World. No. And then no. I was like, no, we're not. No, we're not watching sorry. Spice World. Sorry. Justine, what are we watching today? Today we're watching 1998's Can't Hardly Wait. It's almost like Spice World, right? No, not at all. <laughs> I've never seen it. Have you seen it? Um, I feel like I saw it when it came out, maybe, but I don't remember. I remember when it came out, but I was in middle school at this time, so I wasn't cool. I was also in middle school, and I also was super cool, <laughs> and totally not going through a kind of goth into emo pop stage. Wow. So I wasn't really into, like, teen comedies? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't my thing? No, yeah. It's definitely, that's why we're doing this podcast. We missed out on a lot of stuff being young and awkward and emo. And super cool. You, you forgot super cool. And super cool. Well, I haven't even read the description of the movie, but I will read it. For the first time, right Ooh. now. You ready? I'm so ready. Can this feature my reactions? Yes. Okay. Okay. So here is the description from DVD.com. At a wild party, newly minted high school graduates celebrate and ponder the future. Wait, wait, wait. Minted? Newly minted. So like they were like made into coins? Yes. Cool. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Including love-struck dork Preston Myers. <laughs> Preston is such a douchebag 90s name. Preston Myers, who tries to work up the courage to act on his feelings for beautiful prom queen Amanda Beckett. Wait, who cares about prom queen? They graduated. But she's the most beautiful. Oh, okay. So, like, that's it. He's the dork. Wait, does this just say anything but, like, in one night? Yes. Okay, got it. (laughs) Say anything was great. Um, I'm a big fan of Say Anything. I'm guessing this is not going to be as great as Say Anything. I don't know. I hear it's pretty hype. But I mean, like, Say Anything's pretty hype, too. Maybe it's the same level of hype. You can't always believe the hype. Well, this has an all-star cast. Ooh. Starring Jennifer Love Hewitt. Ooh. Ethan Embry. Ooh. (laughs) Charlie Corsmo. (laughs) Who? 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 He's... I just was briefly copying his name, looking up his stuff on IMDb. He's the kid from Hook. Uh, which kid? The, the like, son. The son? Oh. 
So, so like, not the super cute kid that's like, there you are, Pan. No, not that. And not super Rufio. Cute. No, Rufio. Rufio. No, he okay. didn't do anything after this. Like he was a child actor, and this was the peak of his career, and then he was done. Oh, sad. Sad. Sad, Charlie. Ethan Embry, your favorite. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I have lots of favorites. You have lots of favorites. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is directed by Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan. I'm a fan. They directed the Josie and the Pussycats movie. I love that movie. That movie is amazing. Double feature of that with Spice World is like, like two perfect, perfect movies. <laughs> As a perfect summer party. Yeah. We'll make friendship bracelets. Oh, yeah. Can we braid each other's hair? Yes. Yay. So the editor of this film is Michael Jablo. The first assistant editor was Heather Mullen. The assistant editors were Judd Nealon and Eric Weiler, and the uncredited avid technicians. Boo! The uncredited part, not the avid part. Yeah. Although, avid sometimes, whatever. Dale Jones and Eric Rigney, who are also avid techs on As Good As It Gets. Which you really loved that movie, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you were like super in love with it, you and Ashley both. We super loved it. Yeah. So Avid Technicians, how come we don't have those anymore? Because I feel like Avid is still as volatile as ever. It's because editors now, not editors, but like assistant editors now know (laughs) Avid. That they became the job of the Avid Tech while you're also assisting. Having been an Avid assistant editor. Yeah. I still spent a lot of time calling tech support. You can call them. They will tell you. Just saying they phased it out, man, so that I'm just saying, so that you could do more of the work for them. I'm just saying that my bio still says I'm just a girl standing in front of an avid asking it not to crash. We haven't watched that movie yet. Well, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> this film is rated PG thirteen for teen drinking, sexuality, and for language. It's an hour and forty one minutes. And it's rated three and a half stars on DVD.com. All right. Are you ready to watch and enjoy this film? Uh, I'm ready to watch this film. Film masterpiece. Is it a masterpiece? Is this masterpiece theater? Yeah. Welcome. Uh, I forgot my smoking jacket. It would be black with black patches on the elbows and black. um, Hey, it could be a very dark burgundy. Oh, all right. Let's watch. Okay. Uh, I feel like I couldn't hardly wait for this movie to be over. Yeah, there was uh, some of that. A lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked it. Like, I thought it was good, but I'm like, man, it just, its pacing is wacky. I thought it was good, but forgettable, which is why I feel like I don't remember seeing it, but I feel like I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, the pacing was wonky. Some storylines are more interesting than others. Some scenes didn't always progress plot. Yeah, there were just some random scenes. Mm-hmm. And I get that like parties are like random and like weird shit happens. I don't know if you've ever been to a party, but I've been to a couple of parties. Can we talk about the band in this movie? Sure. Okay, the band that never played a song. <laughs> they were pretty epic. Um, like all high school house parties, mm-hmm. there was a band. All my parties had bands. 
A lot of my parties had bands, but that's because literally like 90% of my friends were in a band or they were in another band or their band broke up and they yeah. formed another band with another band. And Yeah, a lot of bands formed at my house because my dad's a musician and had instruments. Well, you're just privileged, okay? I am in a place of privilege. My town had a lot of musicians and not a lot of uh, venues. We were not hurting for music, but it was always like one day one band was together and then it was a new band. Yeah. Um, so I kind of liked that aspect and the fact that the band just kept like breaking up and getting back together. And every time they went to play, something went wrong mm-hmm. and they were fighting over the most stupid things. That's what bands do. That is what bands do. And I thought it was hilarious, especially high school bands. Yeah. And so they were my favorite characters in this whole movie. <laughs> Especially the guy that looked like a Prince slash David Bowie wannabe. Brecken Meyer. Yeah. Oh my god, can we talk about all the cameos? Oh my god, this was literally I I imagine the casting notice that went out for this. Hey, have you ever been in a teen based movie or television show? Are you not working right now? Why not come to our house party and be a teenage cameo? Yeah. Jerry O'Connell, Brecken Meyer. Melissa Joan Hart, Jamie Priestley? Yes. Jenna Elfman, Amber Benson. Amber Benson Hart. And the teacher was Jan from Greece. <laughs> Selma Blair. Jason Siegel, Clea Duval, Donald Faison. Come to lovely Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita Studios. John Bass. Is where Thomas. it was filmed. We get it. There were a lot of teen Seth idols. Green. I the no the, the the braids in his hair. Oh, my God. I could not hook up with a guy that had a bunch of tiny little, like, weird, wacky, like, 90s braids in his, like, <laughs> gelled hair. I'd be like, hold on, dude. We're going to just take this down a bit, okay? Yeah. He was he was trying to be, like, an Eminem-type character. Yeah. We had uh, his group of friends were the white boys who thought they were black. Yeah. The wannabe rapper guys. He hooks up with a character later on in the movie and they're like, a lot of them are like right in the front and I just would have been like, no, sweetie, no. <laughs> We're going to have to fix these first. <laughs> it's like, continue doing your business down there. I'm just gonna... I'm just. I'm a multitasker. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't even get that close. I would be like, honey, sweetie. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, do you want to... I told you... While we were watching it, that I renamed this movie. Give it to me. What's your name? Easy D. Easy D. Uh, topical political humor. Yeah, I literally think that every single guy in this movie just wanted to hook up with any and every girl. Every character. They are portraying high school boys, even though sure. half of them were like 40 years old. Sure, they're portraying high school boys, but I feel like that every single character, male character in this movie was just like, I just want to bang some chicks. Yo. What's Not up? Ethan Embry. No, he did. He definitely, if Amanda had been like, let's do it, he would have been down. He, his main motivation is to also get the girl. Yes. I don't know. He was, to me, he was like, I want to talk to her, but yeah, it'd be cool if we made out. Like, that's what he, he said. Was he was a little bit like, yeah, sweeter cool about it, out. but because he's also like romantically in love with her. Yeah. But he definitely would have been down to ride the train. The Amanda Train. The Amanda Train. This movie is very much a ripoff of Sixteen Candles. With some serious, like, say anything vibes, too. Yeah. Like, it definitely, like, the whole, like, insane anything when he gets stuck with the key jar and he's like, 
trying to like meet up with her name what's her name i forget and they keep missing each other like a good portion of this movie is them just missing each other because it's fate because it's fate and fate (laughs) works in some fucked up ways sometimes yeah we haven't watched a teen movie in a while on the pod. They were big in the in the 80s, but now mm-hmm. they're about to be big in the 1999s, and this seemed like this was kicking it off. Yeah, I feel like this movie probably gets overlooked, A, because it's a little generic, mm-hmm. and also it's right at the start, so it's like you kind of, if it wasn't super memorable, it was always going to get a little overlooked. Yeah. And I think because there are so many characters and characters of teens in this movie while it's an excellent first attempt at a director writing directing movie yeah compared to like josie and the pussycats yeah they knocked it out of the park and josie and the pussycats that was amazing that movie is like still amazing i still talk about it and i feel like that movie's a little underrated too like not a lot of people oh yeah they don't take josie seriously yeah I also, I felt like none of the characters had any sort of chemistry with each other. I was really vibing with the scenes with Seth Green. I could, I was like, I want to see more of him. I thought Seth Green was great, but I still didn't think he and Denise had like any real, I mean, they're not really supposed to. They're supposed to be like an opportunity, weird fate thing. But like, even. Maybe it's just because he's the best actor. (laughs) He was really great. I didn't feel like Preston and Amanda. Like, I felt like, I mean, they're. Yeah, at the end we were like, no, no. this is weird. They're yeah. kissing, you know. I mean, he, he seemed to be a fairly good kisser. Yes, he had good, yes. He you know, was like, I would, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> I also, here's the reason. I love him in Empire Records. Mm-hmm. He's so goofy and so off the wall and so, like, just stoner crazy funny. Yeah. Here I felt like it was like Mark went to rehab and got a haircut. Yeah. And now he's like trying to be a heartthrob. Yeah. And he's just, he's not a heartthrob. He's funny and goofy and fun. And you don't really see like his type of character matching well with Amanda's type of character, the prom queen. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Amanda's character just kind of seems undeveloped and a little bit lost. Yeah, which is what she is lost which is why i think we were kind of rooting for her to like go find herself instead of getting with preston yeah (laughs) because she was open to that she's like maybe i should be single and we're like yeah girl i was just rooting for her to find a different person to do her blowout because her blowout did not match her face it was terrible it was worse (laughs) but i mean 90s blowouts were a little bit like That was too big. It was too big and too weird and too wavy. Yeah. And then she had really bad weave in the back at the last scene. Now, I know in the 90s, we all had those clip-on hair pieces. Mm-hmm. But, no. like... Her best scene was when she had the side braid. Oh, yeah. That was good. <laughs> I spent way too much time looking at Jennifer Lawrence Love Hewitt's hair. No, I did. I, I noticed it as well. Again, I just felt like all the characters were very one-note and very flat. There was no development kenny got development he didn't get that much development he just got laid i just love seth green no come on but when he gets hurt and he like drops back into the accent and you're like oh just building up those walls again they're never gonna stay together i mean the thing told us at the end yeah i just have a big soft spot for seth i love seth green i love oz like don't we did see in um can't buy me love he's the little brother in that oh right but, you know, like in Say Anything, I'm going to reference that because I feel like this movie is very close to that. She gets a backbone. She she turns her dad in. She 
changes who she, not who she is entirely, but she grows into more of who she is. And so does Lloyd. It's got a lot of cheesy points in it, you know, and you've got John Cusack doing his best cheesy in the rain, which I've noticed he does a lot of in the rain scenes. We've talked about this. Yes. It's like he's like, I just want rain. Yep. He's got to be wet all the time and I'm okay. Yeah. (laughs) I ain't hating. Yeah. Are you trying to bring in how Empire Records is also like this movie and each of those characters had a great, you know, what is it? The epiphany moments. Yeah, I felt like I I felt like what's great about teen movies is that everyone has like this not everyone but a lot, at least most of the main characters have some sort of epiphany moment mm-hmm. where they kind of become who they're going to be in the future and nobody had that here. In fact, I didn't even know why he was leaving the next day until the very end and he told us it was his Kurt Vonnegut workshop. Yeah. I just felt like none of the characters were very I, I didn't feel like they broke out of their cliché at all. Mhm. So that was bothersome to me. There are too many characters in this, first of all. There are too many main characters. Who would you lose? I'd lose the two nerdy guys on the roof. Even though they're funny and they're good comic relief, they don't make out. (laughs) (laughs) They're sitting in the roof in the dark and they're two nerds and I just want them to kiss. We were kind of rooting for them to kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Because like they throw their flat, they they are having a lightsaber battle. And they accidentally lose their flashlights. And then the guy's like, well, now it's really dark up here. And I was like, kiss. Kiss. This kiss. is how porn starts. Just kiss. Kiss. <laughs> I would lose the three other girlfriends that are her like conformist friends. Yeah. Would you cut Mike and William? I debate cutting Mike and William because they were originally going to be the first like side thing I cut. But I really like uh, William's like rock god status scene. Yeah, William was just a pain to watch through the whole thing until then. Yeah, I I definitely would cut him down in the beginning. So uh, he's been bullied by Mike the entire school life. First of all, he's got a weird twisted museum in his basement to all the times Mike has bullied him. He's like, here's my destroyed eighth grade project. Here's where he poured pudding on my pants and made it look like poop. And so, you know, he's in his creepy basement with his creepy nerd friends who are going to help him chloroform Mike and one of his bros. And they're just going to, like, take weird uh, compromising photos of them. Mm-hmm. Totes normal. He was painful to watch, but I would, like, have him, like, I'd have that, like, setup scene, and I'd have, like, maybe him, the beer scene. And mm-hmm. then I'd leave him alone for a while, but maybe, like, have him in the background a couple places drinking. Mm-hmm. It didn't go anywhere because you think that Mike is going to, like, change his ways and, like, become cool again and, like, chill. And then at the end, he just doesn't. So what was the point of that whole storyline? You know, if no one's going to grow and change, the whole storyline was unnecessary. The theme is fate only takes you so far. You got to. Oh, right. You got to do the rest of the work. This movie had a long middle. It could have been tightened up. I don't think we needed the stripper angel. No, but she presents him with the theme. I get that. I think that came too early. Like he got that like eye opening moment. Like, in the middle of the movie when it's supposed to be nearer towards the end of the movie. Yeah. No, but I still liked it. I liked it. I just, I don't think it's memorable. I think if you ask me in six months. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely would be done differently today, but I think it has been done differently a lot. Like, there are a lot of movies currently now that just play against, you know, stereotypes of high school students and whatnot. All right, you, oh. you want to get into the plot? The plot? The, the mise-en-scene? 
Zimmerzonsen. We start out, it's graduation day. Not Woo! not the Buffy episode, but kind of. <laughs> they had the same colors. They did have the same colors. <laughs> yeah, there was a very 90s Game Boy I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some very 90s shoes. Mm-hmm. I liked the girl that, like, opened up her robe and was tanning mm-hmm. with her bikini. Uh, we also found out in this that Amanda and Mike broke up. Amanda and Mike broke up. And there's a party tonight. Oh, is there a party tonight? It's totally a party tonight. Did you Everybody's hear there's a party? Going. Everyone's. Oh, is everyone going? Did Everybody's you, going. Did you hear that so-and-so is wearing nothing under his robes? Oh, my God. Can you believe it? Oh, my God. Can you believe it? But did you hear that Amanda and Mike broke up? What? He totally dumped her. He dumped her? Yeah. So she's like single. She's totes single. Wait, does Preston maybe have a shot because she's single? He's shocked. <laughs> he is shocked. And he suddenly closes up to naked guy. <laughs> then we meet uh, Denise, the friend. The angry white chick friend. Yeah. Without being fully committed to either being like goth or emo or just angry. Yeah. She's just generically angry. Generically But Amanda and I are connected, says Preston. Yes. And she's like, you met her once. And then there's a flashback. He's like, let's see this flashback. That's the flashback noise. It was the first day of freshman year. And it was her first day of school. Yeah. And it was the first time ever he missed the bus and had to be driven to school. And it was weirdly raining and Smash Mouth was playing. I can't get enough of you, baby. Yes, I mean. That's how you know it's the 90s. Yeah, because there's Smash Mouth. Everywhere everywhere there was the whole smash mouth wars of 90 <laughs> oh we survived who doesn't remember the smash mouth wars of the nine late 90s yeah it was like now but Good thing we had carson daly to sort it all out oh yes without trl we would have been lost Just bundle up in your flannel it'll be okay oh, oh i miss flannel hey do you want to go to the gap later <laughs> the gap I could really use a good polo. There were some good polos in this. And there was also the t-shirt with the uh, longer shirt Ooh, over yeah. vibe. Yes. And we've all forgotten about that. And I kind of. No, don't say it. 90s girl me was kind of like, hey, how you doing? No, I'm totally like, yeah, that's that. I was like, welcome, my boyfriends of the past. <laughs> <laughs> I was just good like, to see you again. I was like. Oh, do you play guitar too? Sweet. Again, welcome my boyfriend yeah. to the past. Welcome. We have a long sorted history. Uh, trip down memory lane. Uh, yeah, and I think I saw some vans too. Yep. Yeah. And the 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 ball necklaces. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of the metal ball necklaces going on in this movie <laughs> and the spiky hair. Yeah. Yeah. Gel was not Sigh. in short supply during the Smash Mouth Wars. <laughs> Okay, so, well, the thing is, that first day of school, Mike Dexter gives Amanda the tour, and that's how they meet, and that's how they got together, and they've been together ever since for yeah, four years. because Preston hesitated, but they were both eating strawberry Pop-Tarts, which everyone in the 90s ate because they were good for you then. Yeah. Okay, so Mike Dexter. Football jock. Yeah, he, and he's got buddies. He's got buddies. Also, he's going to Ithaca College. I felt like that might have been like the writers being like, well, we have to have all these East Coast schools because they're supposed to be living on the East Coast and not in Santa Clarita, which is where we filmed this. Like a bunch of people are going to like Harvard and Dartmouth and like 
East Coast schools. East Coast schools. Except for uh, Kenneth. He's going to UCLA because 92% of women are sexually active there. I think it's supposed to take place in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay, but Mike, he's single. Yes. He wants all his other bros to be single. Because they're all such a catch. And they're like, in college, there are women. We also meet William, the hyper nerd. He hates Mike. He plans revenge with the nerds. Has a creepy basement museum. Yep. He made chloroform. He didn't even buy it. We don't know if that shit is going to be okay. Uh, Seth Green, we meet, plays Kenny. He's got white boys. They all want to get laid. They're really into Biggie and Tupac. Yep. Then there's the party. Like, that's it. Like, introduce, and then we're like, boom, party. Woo, party. Preston has a letter, which he's written and rewritten and rewritten. And rewritten. Love declaration for Amanda. Also not creepy at all. Over the four years, he's been rewriting this letter. Yeah. For four years. I can't even get a text back. <laughs> and he's really cute. You think like somebody would gone out with him. I'm sure somebody would have, but he has only had eyes for Amanda, which just goes to show you if you're crushing on somebody, it, it may or may not work out, but you're totally closing yourself off to all the other possibilities. Yeah. But to Kara. What? The- He hears a sign from Barry Manilow that he must go forth with his mission. Mandy. Oh, Mandy. Mandy. You know what I think of? I think of the TV show Angel because Angel loves Barry Manilow. (laughs) That song is about his dog, says Denise, who hates everyone and everything, which I totes relate to her because I hate everyone and everything as well. I thought you'd relate to her the most. (laughs) Melissa Joan Hart has got this like C storyline. I think it's like a Q storyline. Yeah. It, there are so many storylines in this thing that they probably went into triple letters. She's trying to get everybody to sign her yearbook. Okay, so everybody starts showing up at the party like Kenny and the nerds. And the nerds set up their trap. The nerds won't drink. Don't drink. Drinking is bad. Drinking's bad. You don't know Beer what's going to happen. Beer foamy. Mike shows up like he's paparazzi. Like all these camera flashes and the girlfriends ah. are like, ah. Totally. Like, mind you, he's the one that broke up with their best friend, allegedly best friend. Yeah, Amanda shows up and the girls are like, oh, let's like, talk. Don't be sad. You're totally Gwyneth Paltrow with bigger boobs and prettier. Yeah, and he's no Brad Pitt. He's no Brad Pitt. This is relevant 90s topical when uh, Brad and Gwyneth were a thing and then not a thing. Which I forgot. Oh, I remembered because we've watched like three Gwyneth Paltrow movies. Oh, well. I also felt it was like really shitty that everyone was like kind of like down on her and I can't believe she showed up when he dumped her. If anyone should have not shown up to that party, it should have been him because he was being, yeah. he literally dumped her so that he could like fuck around that summer and fuck college girls and not he didn't care about the relationship at all. I agree with you. William drinks beer. And then, like, there's this montage. I thought this was a weird place for a montage of, like, people. I don't know. It's just, like, I checking like, in with each character. Like, uh, Seth Green's trying to get some. I felt like it was an okay place for a montage. Had we then moved into the, like, action. Yeah, forward progression. The forward progression and the, the action that's going to lead us to the climax. But we didn't. We just kind of slowed down the montage and did more checking in with the characters. Yes. And it took a really long time. I felt like there was a couple times where Preston's looking for Amanda. Yep. But it was so long between those times that I kind of forgot that's 
what the main action was supposed to be. Yeah. I just forgot. Like, yeah, we're just like Preston finds Amanda and then there's like he gets embarrassed by this dude, um, Mike and his friends. He keeps on like checking in with them. But like, why aren't you guys broken up yet? Blah, 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 blah. And we see uh, Denise alone and ignored. And we see we meet the band. I think this right around here might be where they break up over their T-shirt. Yeah. Because apparently the Prince Bowie guy doesn't want triangle guy is what i'm calling him like he decided that he's gonna wear the shirt to like promote it so they can sell their shirt yeah and what their what was the name of their band it was like love burger love burger but with like an umlaut yeah and that's where the fight starts and then um turk wants to <laughs> wants to wear his cowboy hat he's the drummer Never what, go more for the drummer. turk more turk but never go for Ooh, the drummer girls a, uh, a book over there it's titled do not sleep with your drummer <laughs> It's a good book. Well, everyone knows you don't sleep with don't the drummer. Don't sleep with the drummer. Never sleep with the drummer. I haven't been out with a drummer, I don't think. I haven't either. I never Although go for I the drummer. Ha- I've been out with guys who play drums, but they weren't primarily the drummer in the band. Yeah. It's always the guitarist. Always the guitarist <laughs> and or the lead singer. Yes. No, wait. Ooh, we getting deep here, girl. I had a bassist yes. once. <laughs> bassist is fine. Okay. I-, I will allow a bassist. <laughs> I think we were talking about the plot at some point. Yeah, okay. Well, the movie gets back into having a plot after this weird extended montage section where Kenny overhears this desperate girl be like, I will do the next guy who talks to me. So he talks to her and he's like, oh, I got to go get ready. I'll be right back. He goes to the bathroom line, but the bathroom line's very long. Mm -hmm. So he goes to the upstairs bathroom to prep. Primp. Print. Do weird boy things in the bathroom. Practices moves. Oh, we forgot to mention he has this entire, like... Backpack of He's goodies. got, like, scented oils and feathers and candles and a pocket Kama Sutra. Yeah, and a butt ton of condoms. Yeah, he's got more condoms than he's ever going to need. Yeah. It kind of makes him look like a serial killer. Yeah. Anyway, so he's, like, trying to figure out what move he can do. Mm-hmm. And he kind of falls over and I guess spills something on himself somehow. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden he's like trying to dry off his pants with a hair dryer. Yeah. He, he's wearing Jinko jeans, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Which was not a good look. No. Although I did have a pair. Uh- <laughs> they were not as wide as that. They were like kind of like the like just kind of semi wide leg and they had like a black and white stripe down when I was Ooh. in like seventh grade. I was super cool. Well, Denise downstairs has got a pot brownie thrown at her head. Yes, because you should always throw pot brownies. Also, don't eat too much because you're going to die or at least feel like you're going to die. Don't don't die. Side note, why I think edibles are bad. Why you think edibles are bad? Yes, because they're delicious. <laughs> oh, once you pop you can't stop yeah it's like here's a brownie but only eat like an eighth of the brownie have you ever tried to eat a brownie (laughs) and only eat one small corner of it no anyways that's my story about edibles not from real life (laughs) disclaimer included yes so she's gonna go upstairs to the bathroom to clean herself she walks in on kenny doing his business he's like shut the door but the door knob doesn't work so they both get locked in the bathroom. Yeah. And mind you, he's like has his pants like a down around his knees. He's like doing like some weird split 
yoga move thing Mm -hmm. and is like blow drying his boxers with condoms in his mouth with condoms in his mouth and like all his like pleasure chest shit strewn everywhere it looks like he's having himself a date night yeah meanwhile while they're locked in the bathroom the girl who was like i'm just gonna sleep with anyone gets back together with her boyfriend sad yeah so amanda has a second cousin The creepy second cousin. And they get to talking because the second cousin's like, oh, Amanda, why don't you come talk to me about this? We're like family. And I feel so bad for you and everything that happened. Tell Tell me me about it. And she's like, I don't know. I was with Mike for so long. You know, he didn't grow up, but I was just so scared to be alone. And I was finally popular for once because at my old school, I wasn't popular. Yeah. Do you know what that's like? There's a little bit more bathroom business. There's a little bit more talking with the cousin. And then the cousin kisses her. Like throws her back on the couch and is like hardcore making out on top of her. And yeah. she's like, what are you doing? Tongue and throat. She's like, her arms are flailing and like she's like clearly did not consent. Yeah. But Preston sees this. And thinks, oh, she's already hooked up with some other dude. And he throws away his letter. Letter in the trash. I'm leaving this stupid party. I'm out, mm-hmm. bitches. Mind you, I think the band is fully broken up now. And William is drunk. And William is drunk. As he's throwing the letter away, Amanda's like, what are you doing? You're my family. And he's like, only by marriage. And she's like, it's disgusting. Yeah. Because it was. Yeah. And Preston drives off and it's love hurts. Also, the radio announcer says that some chick dedicated this to her boyfriend. Who does that? Ooh, love hurts. Melissa Joan Hart enters the plot, digs through the trash to find the yearbook somebody threw away, and the letter falls on the ground. And then we get this lovely little letter traveling. Yeah, some girl steps in gum and with her platform shoes. Then she steps on the letter. Mm-hmm. And then she gets it off her shoe once it's in the house. And then a keg rolls over it. Mm-hmm. And then somehow it makes it into a bowl of Chex Mix. Yep. Right in front of Amanda. Who doesn't see it for 25 minutes. Because she's too busy, like, practicing her eye rolls. <laughs> and Preston is sitting at a football field. Is that where Preston's like, she's supposed to be with me. Why would Amanda even playing on the radio? I'm entitled. Oh. And Q, what does the radio guy say? It's Barry Manilow's birthday, and he's playing a concert, and you can call up right now and ask him a question. And also, Mandy is being played every hour. Yeah. So, Mandy wasn't played for any fate reason. It just wasn't Barry Manilow's birthday. But is it fate that it was Barry Manilow's birthday, and he could now seek love advice from Barry Manilow? I don't know. Maybe he should go call Barry Manilow. But let's check in on the bathroom first. Okay, what's going on in the bathroom? Denise is like, you're white. And Kenny's like, well, you're antisocial. How did we even become friends? Then she's like, well, we were friends until you stopped being friends with me. And he's like, no, that's not true. And she's like, yeah, you wanted to be popular and you totally hurt my feelings and you wrote bad things on my locker. Yep. I also told uh, a girl that you had sex with trees. Yes. And check in with the bathroom. (laughs) Cool. Back to the phone booth. An angel shows up. An angel appears through the mist. A guardian angel who's a stripper. So he finally gets through the radio station after calling like six times to ask Barry Manilow his like love advice. Mm -hmm. And the angel hangs up on him because her car broke down. 
mm-hmm. and she needs to call a taxi and they have a big fight because he's like this is the worst night of my life and she's like excuse you you just did not have 40 guys grope all over you all night <laughs> and have a bachelor the bachelor throw up on you yeah and then your car breaks down yeah i win yeah and then they're sitting on a bench while she's waiting for her cab and they're like not so much fighting anymore and she tells him her story about scott Bayo. yeah and how she wanted to be with scott Bayo, and she, she thought was, it was meant destined to be. But then when she finally got her chance to meet him. She didn't talk. She couldn't say anything. And who would have known what would have happened? You never know. Yeah. And then her taxi pulls up and she's standing in the middle of the street because apparently nobody drives in this city after 6 p.m. And she says, and if you want Barry Manilow, you get on that phone and you tell him. He's like, no, that's not what I meant at all. And she's like, hey, who am I to judge? Scott Baio. Indeed, Scott Baio. Yeah. Don't. Ugh. Meanwhile, at the party, Amanda has finally seen the letter and she's read it. And now she wants to look for Preston. She's like, who's this Preston guy I know nothing about? Yeah. Although for Preston's supposed to be like this out of like kind of loner dude that or like nerdy guy. Everyone seems to know him and like him, which I felt was kind of like, uh, like, I mean, not that anyone seems to know him very well, but he's not very outcasted. Yeah. I'm not quite sure who he is. Yeah. He's kind of like your average middle of the road high school guy. He's every man. He's everybody. He's going to have a Miller with you. So now she's asking other people about Preston. Who is he? And everyone's kind of describing him generically. Yeah. And she's like looking all around for him. Obviously, he's not there. He's with the stripper angel. Yeah. I think that was the issue I had. Main issue I had with it. A lot of this could have been done with better cross cutting. Yeah. I especially thought this part came way too early. If you're going to have like this outside divine force guiding you on your path, I think Mm -hmm. it's got to come later, more towards the climax. Well, I feel like we should have had, we didn't need a check-in of the bathroom scene. This whole letter reading scene Mm -hmm. should have come between him sitting at the car and going to the payphone. And then she, while she's reading the letter and looking for him, Mike decides that he wants to get back together with her. Mm -hmm. And they have that fight. And then at that point, we cut over to the angel, like, telling him, fate only takes you so far. He gets in the car. He goes back. He shows up right at the end of the fight. Yeah, but that also still seems like it should be later. Well, no, because then they have their argument and then the police raid happens. Like, I'm cutting shit out. You are cutting a lot out. You are condensing the shit out of it. Yeah, because it needed some editing. (laughs) The band breaks up, like, breaks up, breaks up leaves the stage and that's when william starts to sing and becomes popular yeah he becomes a rock god in fact that's what i wrote in my phone he sings um paradise city by mm-hmm. guns and roses and two girls take him down to the makeout room um mm-hmm. but one gets sidelined by another girl that bitch yo. yeah and some girls come by and they're like was that william in the makeout room with those two girls and she's like yeah because she's crying because she's sad the other girls are like he's so they're so lucky because that's all it takes guys is you do one really epic karaoke of Guns N' Roses at a party and you're in like Flynn. Well, one of them slightly heard that maybe his penis was huge. Well, yeah, I think as soon as you see a guy singing, you just assume. And that's why you join a band. I think we just keep on coming up with reasons why. <laughs> why to join a band. Why to join a band. But not as a drummer. Not as a drummer. We're going to totally turn off a whole generation of guys from being drummers. Aww. And we're going to have really weird bands. So in the bathroom, Kenny's got to pee, but that's when they start really talking about their hurts. Then outside with Mike, 
Jerry O'Connell shows up. He was a sexual icon back in the day, but now college chicks are different. So they don't like freshman guys. Apparently, college girls are woke as fuck. Yeah. Is what I wrote down. Because he's like, they care about like the environment and reading and shit. Yeah. So he's like, you got to stay with that Amanda girl. You got it lucky. You're so lucky, dude. So Mike goes and looks for Amanda. Amanda's looking for Preston. Mike finds Amanda. And he's like, hey, girlfriend. She's like, I'm not your girlfriend. And you're drunk. Yeah. He's like, we should get back together. And she's like, no. And then this big crowd starts gathering. And someone cuts the music. Yeah. And he's like, who's going to want you now? Yeah. And you'd be lucky to be with me, which is always a great way to get girls back, guys. She's just completely unfazed. She's like, mm, no. She owned him. Yeah. She burned him. Everybody laughed at him. Called him a not nice word that we shouldn't use, people. And then uh, William remembers he has a mission. Oh, his nerdy friends are on the roof and they're supposed to chloroform Mike. Yeah. And William's like, hey, dude, there's like a girl in the pool house. Oh, there's two girls in the pool house. They're like triplets. And you won't believe it. Not because I made it up, dude, but because like Cause they're true. like doing stuff. And like they told me that they want you to come like watch. <laughs> and then he notices that Mike's crying because Mike's like my girlfriend and i'm not gonna be successful and my peaked in high school he's a loser he's a loser and then he sees william and he gives william a hug and they start broing out together amanda walking through the house now has got all these guys being like i want to do you yeah this is also why i named the movie azd because all these guys are like remember this one time and when we danced, I got, like, a super huge boner. We should, like, work that out. Hey, girl, can I take your skirt off? Yeah. Hey, girl, you want to have sex? Uh, these pickup lines are classy. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, romantics in that group. But Preston shows up, and he's like, Amanda, I love, love you. you. A little too loud, so everyone in the party heard. Yeah, and so he's telling his little spiel. And he gets to the point where he's like, I'm leaving tomorrow, but... And she cuts him off. And she's just like, okay, shut up because you imagined this like little moment we shared together. No, it's not real. Get a life. Yeah. And I'm not going to sleep with you just because you have some imaginary thing that you've been like thinking about for four years. Yeah. Not knowing that this is Preston because she has no idea who Preston is. Yeah. And he's really heartbroken because he's just been owned by the girl that he's been in love with for four years but isn't that he's just like saying the same thing that she just read in the letter pretty much though right yeah so he doesn't why is it different when he's written it down that she loves it when it's written down but not when it's shouted because she at this point has been like she's done the whole gauntlet of guys just hitting on her and so she thinks this is another declaration like that and not a declaration of love. She's like so in her head. And she's also romanticized this person that wrote this letter. Mm-hmm. Who she has no idea who he is. But I think that's kind of what it is. I think she thinks that this is just another guy that's like trying to get with her. Which he is. But like in a long term sense. Not so much in a hey baby want to go to the pool house. Yeah. Hey I danced with you once in tw- when we were 12 and I totally got hard. And I love that he's like so if we could just work that out. <laughs> That was the follow-up to that line. I'm like, uh, I think that you should have worked that out by now. <laughs> oh, God, he still has that boner. This man needs medical attention. He should have called his doctor. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's been like five years, not three to four hours. 
in the bathroom. <laughs> Back to the bathroom. They're having a they since they've gone through their hurt and their pain, they're they can have fun now. Yeah, they're like kind of bonding and making fun of each other. Yeah. So Which also turned into strip poker. Yeah. Sort of. Well yeah, it's like they're making fun of each other's clothes, so they take off the clothes that they're making fun. I thought I was like, Hey, hey. Oh bounchikawa. Which is what they do. There's kissing, and then there's kissing. And then there's kissing. And then there's the biggest towels in the world. (laughs) There's like naked on top of you kissing. But she still has her bra on because it's like PG-13. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, is this your first time? He's like, no, yes. And he's like, years? He's like, she's like, no, there's this one other guy. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. As Amanda's leaving the party, Melissa Joan Hart accosts her with the yearbook. Sign Mm -hmm. my yearbook. Amanda grabs it and finds the picture of Preston. (gasps) And she realizes that she just told off Preston. And so she goes back into the party to try to find Preston while Dire Straits, Romeo and Juliet starts playing. Mm -hmm. Which is a throwback to Empire Records because Preston was Mark. And there's also a like romantic sort of Montage. montage interlude to the same song. But she can't find him because he's left again. He's left. Left the party. He left the party. Uh, Kenny Denise doing it. Bullies are becoming besties. Yeah. Mike and William becoming friends. <gasps> the band is getting back together. Mike totes Yay. apologizes. Yeah, yeah, everybody. It's a come together moment except for Amanda and Preston who are coming apart. Cops show up. <gasps> Oh, the party's been busted. busted. Everyone's like running. Ah, party. And it's like, it's the classic breakup scene. Everyone, or like break up the party. Everyone's like trying to run and hide and like everything's yeah. being trampled on. Yeah. And Mike is like, come on, William. We can hide in the pool house. William's like, like yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, he can't catch up to Mike because Mike's a super fast runner. He's a football player. Yeah. And like every other sport player. They uh, show up to the pool house and they both get jumped and chloroformed. And the two nerdy boys are like throwing weird shit like pantyhose and like chain. It was very weird. Mm. I think they were like a hostess. Cu- what are those cupcakes? They're, like snowballs. snowballs. And then they find their flashlights and they're like, oh, shoot, it's William. Well, we got to go because the cops. Yep. Um, after they took all these Polaroids. And, and then the cops find them. And arrest them. And then um, we go back in the bathroom. Yeah. The sex was bad. Well, I mean, it was his first time and he was really pent up. Yeah. And she kind of was like, it gets better. It gets better. It lasts longer. Longer. (laughs) She's trying to be delicate and sensitive, but also being like, "Eh, it wasn't good for me. Was it good for you? Yeah. So like Seth gets hurt. He gets real hurt. Goes, and he's like, whatever, bitch. Yeah. He says mean things to her. He's like, are you some expert or something? Yeah. 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 So she gets hurt and runs out because well, the uh, hostess hostess comes in. She's like, what are you doing in the bathroom? And she has had a night because her hair is gone mm-hmm. and her face is, and her dress is ruined because she was trying. We, we, we don't think that. She intended the party to be as large as it was. Yeah, somebody put poop in her fridge. Yeah. But Kenny, he finds her out driving. Yeah, and he apologizes. He says, I was a douche, and I was a dirtbag, and I suck, and I'm so sorry. And they kiss. And they kiss, and it's all romantical. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then to the next day, uh we go to the jail. We go to the jail. The cops like, "Yeah, your parents are worried about you, to William. Uh that Mike kid said he beat you up and forced you to drink alcohol." Mhm. And that's why we found you in such a weird condition. And he's like, "Cool, my we're going to be homies now." Yeah. And then we cut to Amanda throwing away all her photos. And I have a, another PSA here. Girls and guys, don't throw that shit out. I know it hurts right now. But you, this girl spent four years with this guy through her, all of her high school. And now she's just throwing out all the photos and everything that she has. You might want those memories someday. Put it in a box. Put the box in the back of the closet. Label it however you want to label it. And in five, ten years, when you're thinking back about high school, open up that box. Don't throw them in the trash and don't light them on fire and don't cut people out. Another PSA by Kara. Yeah. Okay. So this next morning thing, for some reason, everybody's at a diner. Well, I think it's that was the diner that the payphone was at. And since it's the 90s, I think just everyone went there because, I mean, we have this in my town. My point is when you're a high school kid, there are just random places everybody hangs out. Parking lots. So I feel like that's what this diner in yeah. the movie is supposed to be. I gotcha. Denise and Preston have met up and she tells him about Kenny. And then she's like, well, about you and Amanda. And he's like, yeah, but no. Also, he gives her a lot of shit about Kenny and rightfully so. <laughs> because Kenny is a weirdo. Yeah. And kind of a dork. And he's also, we see him in the diner with uh, whipped cream on his nose. Oh, see, love him. And he's waving. Yeah. They're just kind of sad that uh, Preston's leaving. He's off to leave now. But not for before shopping in uh, the women's catalog <laughs> for his jacket. What was that catalog in the 90s? Delia's. Yes. <laughs> he clearly got his jacket from there because it is well tailored for a woman. Oh, it was good. I loved it. It was, was like, I like it, but I also don't. I, I liked mean, it 100%. I also kind of wanted it for myself and I was a yeah, little bit you, jealous. You could share. Sharesies. <laughs> she's like hey she says you know there you is right there is fate you're right there is fate it just works in fucked up ways sometimes yeah um they hug it out and he gets in his car and drives away this is like in um 500 days of summer at the end where she's like you were right there is such a thing as love i just didn't love you Ooh, burn so we go back into the diner and william shows up and goes to talk to Mike and thinks they're going to be bros. Yeah. Mike's not having that. Yeah. But then we start seeing the end results of the the characters. Yeah. Uh, William went to Harvard and he invented some sort of computer thing. And he's is a worth millionaire. $40 million. And, and he's dating a supermodel. Mike drank too much and lost his football scholarship and got kicked out of Ithaca. Denise comes back in and sits with um, Kenny and it said that she was going to break up with him five minutes after that. But then 10 minutes after that, they were going to hook up again. Yeah. And that's pretty much all we know about them. Yeah. So then we're at the train station. Oh, remember when people traveled by train? Yeah. yeah. And he's sitting there by himself, Mr. Preston. Mm-hmm. And his train boarding gets called. So he's starting to walk away with his like bunch of bags. Guess who shows up? Oh, da 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 with the worst, like, if her blowout at the party wasn't bad enough, this hair is worse. She's like, you dropped this. And it's his letter. He's like, did you read it? She's like, yeah, thank you. He's like, no, thank you. And he's like, I mean, you're welcome. She's like, you going now? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a Kurt Vonnegut workshop. 
Oh, so that's why you were leaving the next day. Thank you in the last two minutes of the movie. She's like, well, I guess this is just bad timing. And like you said, maybe it's better this way. He's like, okay. And then they like split off. She's like, I think I should be single for a while, which we were very pro. Yeah. Be single. Find yourself. Yeah. Like be okay eating at a restaurant by yourself alone because honestly, you're probably going to outlive the dude and you're going to have to eat alone at some point again. Yeah. So be okay with that now. Yeah. Yeah. So they separate, but then he drops his bags and runs back to her. Which, by the way, don't drop your bags in the middle of any sort of public transit these days. And then run. And then run (laughs) because you're going to get arrested for terrorism now. Yeah. This is definitely a 90s movie. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he goes up to her and kisses her, which the first kiss, she was just like, blah. But then we're like, as we said before, he's a good kisser. It was cute. Yeah. And then we see... They're still together. They're still together. He Seven hours later, he got on his train to Boston, and she wrote him a letter every day for a whole year. Why didn't you write back? (laughs) Sorry, we're not there yet either. And then the end credits rolled. And then the aliens came. Oh, yeah. In the middle of it, the aliens came and abducted the nerdy guys. The end. Yay! So we're going to do a, a dramatic reading right now. It's uh, it's it's Kara's first dramatic read. Well, it's my first on the podcast. <laughs> I was also a theater kid. And we're going to do a scene between Kenny and Denise. I'm going to be Kenny. Kara's going to be Denise. And this is them fighting. It's been on your mind for the last six years. You could have mentioned something. When? When you were ignoring me in the halls when you were writing Denise Fleming is a tampon on my locker freshman year? I did not write Denise Fleming is a tampon. Right. Just like you didn't destroy my Cabbage Patch Kid in second grade. Second grade? Besides, I admitted that right away. No, you didn't. When I picked her up and her head fell off, you started to cry. It kind of tipped me off. I did not. Okay. Fine. I told John Caseman to write Denise Fleming's a tampon. I felt really bad after. And see. <laughs> it sounded like we were having an argument. Everybody's going to be concerned. We weren't really fighting, guys. It's no. called acting. Guys, we were acting. Yeah, we're hugging it out right now without touching each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's brain hugs. Yeah. So you ready to rate this movie? I think you're going to have to go first because I got to think of my item. I'm not going to be probably as harsh a judge as you because I know you're a harsh judge. Well, you know I am the Simon Cowell. I'm going to give this movie three yearbooks. I'm actually going to give this movie three Barry Manilow's. Wow. Yeah, it was delightful. I probably will never think of it again. Yeah. But uh, it was enjoyable and it was not as heavy as the other film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mandy. Which reminds me. Mm -hmm. So I won't be here next week. Ashley will be back. I will, however, see Ashley at her um, panel. This weekend. This, yeah, this weekend on yep. Saturday in Hollywood. She is moderating... Assistant Editor and Scripted Television. Yes. It will be um, live streamed. I will tweet it. I'll do some live tweeting. Ooh, I'll do some live tre- tweeting as well. Yeah, so I'm so happy for Ashley moderating a panel. Yay! But after Ashley comes back from being super famous and moderating her panel, you guys, the cutaways, are going to watch 1998's How Stella Got Her Groove Back. That we are. You guys are going to the islands. Ooh, have you seen this movie? I remember the trailer. Oh, nice. It's more than what I know. They go to Jamaica, I think, and there's some dancing. 
Mm. And there's some grooving. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think they probably grooved out to uh, some sort of song. Maybe... I mean, I don't know if that's the song <laughs> that they're going to groove to when Stella gets her groove back, but I feel like it might be. Oh, Kara, you're such an honorary cutaway. <laughs> Thanks. That means so much to me. I'm going to thank you guys in my awards acceptance speech someday. Yes. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I hope everybody out there has liked this episode. And if you like our podcast, like what you do, want to support us even more, become a patron on Patreon. Woohoo! It's patreon.com slash cutaways podcast and you will get goodies from us. Yeah, I heard that there were some drunk photos from your drunk cast. There are. Yeah. That- <laughs> Only available on this Patreon site. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Our website is thecutaways.com and you can also find us and we are there a lot on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at cutaways podcast. And please... Head over to iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcatcher. Leave us comments and rate us and subscribe to us and get the podcast and listen, you know? Yeah, you should listen because Ashley's going to be back and <laughs> she's probably better at this than I am. I'm pretty sure anyways. Leave a comment how much you love Kara. Yeah. Rate her five or stars. Or you can, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter at Colors Renew. Yes. I'm there a lot, usually sending gifts to Justine or commenting on uh, social and political topics. Or complaining about my avid crashing. So follow me there. Indeed. Well, thank you for joining the slumber party. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.